Hey everybody, we're officially halfway through the regular season, nine weeks down and nine weeks to go. And as we all thought, the Vikings are just a half game back of the 49ers. Uh, welcome into the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. We're going to recap week nine, go over our picks for week ten, uh, discuss the Vikings and Niners uh, as they move towards the second half of the season. Uh, we'll start with the Vikings, obviously, with the Niners on the bye um, Vikings looked incredible at Atlanta, uh, as shorthanded as you can be. Uh, Cousins out for the year. Hall goes down maybe eight or nine plays into the first quarter. Josh Dobbs comes in, does not know the plays, does not know a lot of his teammates' last na- or first names. He's like, I know their last names from you know study and film about all the teams around the league. I didn't know their first names. Goes out there and just has one of the all-time iconic Viking performances instant fan favorite just posted a tiktok yesterday with creed as the background song like josh dobbs is him and the viking season is fully back on joey what did you think watching the highlights of that viking game yeah pretty cool i mean i said it when they traded for him i thought josh dobbs was a you know a guy who could really play i mean best of you know the scenario with kirk being out i thought i thought he uh was more than capable and yeah he showed it um yeah, I mean, what a win. What a huge win. Um, you're still, I mean, right in it. Um, you know, who's to say, you know, Josh Dobbs can't keep this up further? I mean, I thought you look at the numbers by kind of box score scouting. Uh, Hall looks decent, too. I mean, he looked fine. Till he, he commanded got, the offense in his one drive. You know, yeah, he, uh, you know, until he got concussed. But, yeah, Josh Dobbs, I mean, feels like he has been on eight teams in the last three years. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's just as good as it gets in football, you know. I was like, you know, I just watched the, the thing you sent me of the post game, and it's like, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that like in any other sport. I don't think, like, some guy, like, I don't even, even if a guy was pulled off, like, some G League, D League team in the NBA, if he hits, like, a game-winning, like, three-pointer, like, you couldn't get some of those, like, NBA players, but oh, this guy super important to the team. Um, no, it's awesome. It's a uh, yeah. I mean, don't tell don't tell the Vikings they're tanking because well, obviously they're oh, not. Man. But, yeah, and that video I sent you of the Viking locker room after that game, O'Connell is just. I mean, he is a leader of men, and it's like not apparent when you watch him on the sidelines, but when you watch him in those post game moments, you're like, oh, this is a real dude. And like, holy moly, what a... I mean, we've rattled off four in a row, five out of six, after it basically looked like it was all over after that loss at home uh, against the Chargers in week three. Everybody was ready to write him off. And I mean, I cannot believe how well the Vikings have played the last six weeks. Our only loss in that time frame was to the Chiefs, and we kept that within a score. So, I mean, really impressive. It's starting to feel like, you know, maybe a little bit of team of destiny. I still think the ceiling is pretty low. I think, uh, you know, Josh Dobbs obviously gives us a running aspect that we haven't had at the quarterback position in forever, not since Dante Culpepper. So it's exciting to watch that. I think as he, you know, gets acclimated more into the offense and Justin Jefferson comes back, I think sky is the limit. They probably could win the division uh, if things break their way and Detroit struggles a little bit or Detroit gets injured. But, I mean... I went from the ceiling being, hey, maybe we could be the seventh seed if everything breaks perfectly to like, hey, this team, you know, is exciting enough and has enough weapons and a good enough defense 
to maybe they can make some kind of a Cinderella run. I still don't think conference championship game or Super Bowl is possible, but after that win last week, I was just so positive, and I was thinking, man, we went from 0-3 to 5-4 and real quick. That's the NFL in a nutshell. Um, so we're playing New Orleans next week. New Orleans is favored by three. I'm definitely leaning towards the Vikings in that spot as one of my best bets. Um, obviously, New Orleans has turned it around as well after a slow start, but it's been a lot of Taysom Hill, a lot of Derek Carr, uh, you know, taking a seat in the red zone. Very strange situation there with New Orleans as you look forward to that game. Should New Orleans be favored by three on the road at the Vikings after Dobbs has a full week of practice? I don't think so. I, to be honest, I don't know because I think the Saints should be better than what they've looked. Um, but I, I do think their defense is really good. I think Dobbs, you know, not that I mean, it's, I'm not going to pretend like, oh, they have the tape on Dobbs. Like, they're not going to get like a whole bunch from like one game um, with him and that offense. But I, I do think they're a lot better than Atlanta's defense. Um, but yeah, Minnesota at home, I mean, it's. Derek Carr's, you know, either dinking and dunking the ball down the field or he's turning the ball over. So, uh, yeah, I, I, three and a half. I mean, I might, I think, I think it might be like a minus, New Orleans minus one, maybe. I just. Just on the fact that they're healthy, like they have Olave. And yeah, Olave I mean, all of, they're, know. I mean, if this game is played on paper, yeah, they're, they're probably are a three, three and a half point favorite i mean they're they have really good players if you take kirk and jefferson off the minnesota roster like if you if you took if you did a fantasy draft of the teams like you would take like you know most of the saints players you know more than some vikings players but this game is not played on paper and the vikings are playing really well right now they're at home um and yeah i the, the saints have just every time i watch them disappoint me um even though, yeah, they throw the ball deep maybe once a game, and it's like, what is the point of having all those explosive weapons if all you do is throw it three or four yards down the field, which I think a Brian Flores defense can handle that pretty well. So I'm looking at you know the Vikings to definitely keep it close. Hopefully we keep it within the three. That's definitely going to be one of my picks later. Um, the Niners off the bye, getting healthy. Looks like Debo, looks like Trent Williams will be back this week. I mean, that would be enormous for a team that's really uh, been affected by injuries the last three weeks. Um, they're favored by three and a half at Jacksonville. I think that's just a pedigree play right there. I think Vegas goes, hey, Shanahan with a week off with a fully healthy roster heading into uh, Jacksonville. They're going to get the nod there. I think this is the best game of the weekend. Niners got to make a statement. They're healthy again. They need to feed Debo and CMC. Let the Stars take over in this one because they should be able to beat Jacksonville in this one if everybody's healthy and playing the way they're supposed to. How are you feeling heading into Week 10? Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, the first time I saw that line, I was pretty shocked because uh, it's in Jacksonville. Granted, there probably is going to be a lot of Niner fans there. Um, the Jaguars, I mean, five in a row, the hottest team in the league. I mean, they're pretty good. Um, at home, and, and yeah, the Niners being a three-point favorite with on a three-game losing streak just – uh, kind of shocked me, but yeah, like you said, I mean, still as bleak as it's looked, I mean, we haven't won a game in over a calendar month. Um, as bleak as it's looked the last you know month, there's not a team I don't think the Niners can beat if they're healthy and playing well. I so yeah, I mean, could they go in there and, and you know convincingly be? I'm not saying win by three touchdowns, but win you know 31-20 like in Jackson. Yeah, of course they could. 
But they got to fix the defense because the Jaguars' offense is really good. And this defense is, is having a midlife crisis. It, it, it's been awful. Um, and another good head coach quarterback combo, you know, with Peterson and, and, and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what this defense looks like with the week at the bye. I mean, obviously they did acquire Chase Young, which, you know, in theory, he's already the team leader in sacks, which is kind of crazy, you know, being the guy that's traded. And also, I mean, kind of some, I guess, player red flags, like, you know, it's like Washington would, you know, or there's been things I've read that say like, oh yeah, he kind of just played willy-nilly sometimes, like didn't care about the scheme, he's going after numbers, which that isn't going to fly with the Niners, because, you know, they have a lot of good guys on this team that could really put up numbers, especially on defense, but they they run, you know, I, I just, I'm looking at this defense, like that's what I, I guess, obviously I want to win, and they, you know, and play well, but like more than anything, like this defensive line, I don't even know. I don't know. I, I can't pretend to know too many guys on Jacksonville's offensive line, but like, can we go in there and get six or seven sacks? Like, just get to Lawrence for God's like, sake. Like, <laughs> you mean to tell me like this? This line has Nick Bosa, J- Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Randy Gregory, Chase Young, and like behind that, I mean, Javon Kinlaw's played better. He's not, but but Kinlaw. You know, oh Drake Jack Drake Jackson had three sacks the first game, and apparently that's all it's getting him is like less playing time. They keep acquiring other edge rushers. Like <laughs> hit the quarterback. Like it And behind them you got Greenlaw and Warner. I mean it's just like that front seven is essentially unstoppable. It should be the best unit best. in the league, any position. But it should it's be. It's not. <laughs> it's. I mean, they got to get there. They got to have a few meetings at the quarterback on Sunday, or it's full tire fire situation for Steve Wilkes uh, in season one as the DC there. Like, especially with trading some draft capital for Chase Young, they got to get the most out of him as he enters a contract year. Um, I, I think before the season, when we analyzed Jacksonville, we didn't really expect them to be this good i think it's mostly because etn has shown to be one of the five or seven best running backs in the league which we didn't expect i don't think going into the season he's been awesome christian kirk continues to be great ridley's been really good evan ingram is playing like one of the best tight ends in the league you'll have your hands full but like statement game for the niners like have to have a few team meetings in the uh i mean like you know they're gonna give up yards they're gonna give up points you know but, like, make some plays. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we're giving up all these plays and stuff, but, like, I mean, a sack, like, a pick, like, you know, I don't know. A strip sack for I, both, like though. Something. We saw his brother do twice on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, just watch him, and it's like one, two steps, and, you know, the bend around the tackle, and we're at the quarterback. The guys on this defensive line, like, where are those plays? I'm so tired of people. Oh, he's getting the ball out quick. I'm not watching the guy snap the ball, not take one step, and just chuck it. Like they're taking two, three seconds. You know, I mean, yeah. Or even when these blitzes, like Steve Wilkes is is blitzing more. Where that's how they do. We'll bring seven and like not get there. Yeah, the last two games before the bye, Cousins and Burrow left that game without any bruises. So it's like, man. You got to, I mean, it, it, this is a put up or shut up, not only for, you know, Chase Young and some of those guys other than Bosa on the defensive line, but 
I put up or shut up for Steve Wilkes because he's firmly on. The I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of shocked he there wasn't a change. I'm going to be honest. I, I especially with throwing him under the bus after the the call against you know the Vikings the end I had like the one that you know Shanahan you know publicly said yeah he he messed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I it'd be very interesting. Very interesting. I think the offense will play well. I mean, you know, the guy's getting healthy. I, I, I think the offense play well. You know, I, I still to this day I've rewatched the games. You know, and and Purdy, I, I think he's playing better than he did last year. It's just the problem is his worst plays are way worse. Way yeah, worse. I don't think there. It seems to be, uh, you know, especially with the Vegas odds makers, they have no uh, lack of confidence in Purdy on the Niner offense. I think any adjustment they've made over the last three games to to the Niners' power rating has been. Like you said, the pass rush is just not getting there. But um, they expect this to be a relatively high-scoring game. Definitely going to be the best game of the weekend there. 5-3 uh, and three Niners, 6-2 and two Jags. Thursday night football, we won't give this more than a few seconds. Probably the worst primetime game in recent memory. I remember there being a, a Jacksonville, Tennessee one from seven or eight years ago that was like this. Carolina at Chicago. Chicago favored by 3.5. One of the worst ever. I mean, not Bajant probably, Fields maybe against Bryce Young. We'll talk a lot about Bryce Young and the Panthers later, but uh, that game is just not on anybody's radar. Uh, Indy at New England. Uh, this one's actually in Germany. Indy's favored by one. Uh, last week's Germany game was obviously great. we got to talk about that one since both the uh, Chiefs and Dolphins are on a bye. Uh, you know, great game. Much more low scoring than people were expecting, but it uh, looks like the Miami and Kansas City defenses are actually pretty legit. Um, after watching that game and some of the other ones from last week, do, are, Kansas City's fine, right? I mean, the Dolphins oh, yeah. are, are unable to beat the top teams, but like any worries we had about Kansas City are basically out the window. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think if I were to do power rankings, I probably would have them one. Um, yeah, I mean, they have, I mean, it's the best head coach quarterback combo um, in the league. Um, you could argue maybe ever. You know, I know Belichick and Brady, but I'm going to go with that was mostly Brady. Uh, yeah, and their defense is really good. Like, whatever offense is falling off for them, which I still, like, you know, give give Andy Reid, you know, a week, you know, that extra week because sure looks like they'll get the one seed potentially and the bye, and all those games are at home. You know, give me in Arrowhead with Mahomes, Andy Reid, and extra rest, and right now, it's just them and uh, Baltimore right now, I think, for the one seed. It's between those two. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I haven't lined up their schedules exactly, but I'm assuming Baltimore plays a tougher schedule just looking at their division. So Yeah. You don't, um, you don't get to play the Raiders twice. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Raiders Baltimore. are a one-week wagon. <laughs> Absolute wagon last week. We'll get to that but later. But, yeah, the, no, I, Chiefs are my, – my main – my main thing is Miami. Yeah, uh, Miami defense played better, teams. but like, yeah, the, the uh, it it wasn't pretty on offense. Um, yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense, I think manhandled. You know, another highlight of that game. Did you see the? Uh, I can't remember if I sent you this or not, but the very first play of the game was a false start on Miami, and they panned to the referee, and it's the first you know NFL game in Germany. Or oh, whatever. I I and saw. Yeah. Phil stop. Yeah. Offense, and I was like, freaking love it. I love when the refs like get into it like that. Like, tip of the cap to the uh, the ref in that game. That was really funny. 
Um, but we got another one in Germany this week, Indianapolis minus one against New England. Um, this is the kind of game we should be sending overseas. Like nobody wants to watch this anyway. So give that one to the to the European NFL fans because giving them the Dolphins Chiefs last week was just. Well, did you see the report that that, that it was the Chiefs home game? You know, and they requested to play Miami because they didn't want Tyreek to get booed. I feel like that. I heard that, but but I feel like that I, that doesn't pass the sniff test. No, it doesn't. I feel like, like why do they care? PR. Yeah, they don't care. Um, There's no way. No, I think they wanted them to go because if they had to go, they'd put Miami in the travel. You know? Right. I mean, because, I mean, why would they request them? They'd want them at home. It's a big game, you know? And I'm sure the NFL was like, hey, when the Chiefs play, you know, uh, Cincinnati or Buffalo, those games have to be on SNF or have to be on. I know one of those is on Monday Night Football late in the season. It's like they were probably like, hey, of these games, which one do you want to be the Germany one? So they probably picked it for competitive. Should have sent the Raiders to Germany. Yeah, Yeah. the the Antonio Pierce wagon. Um, Any thoughts on Indianapolis versus New England? I like Indy in this game just because I feel like that defense has been playing well. They're a better (laughs) roster. I like Indy in in this game because they're playing the Patriots. I mean, this is as bad as the Pats have ever been. It's it's really crazy. To How did they beat Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, I will never know how that freaking happened. It's just that shows you how big the Buffalo tire fire is that they could lose to this version of the Pats. Um, let's start with the 10 a.m. games. This is the best one of the 10 a.m. time slot, other than the Niner game. Uh, Baltimore hosting Cleveland. Baltimore's favored by five. I think they're Super Bowl or bust now. I think I would probably have them third in my power ratings. Um, Jackson is the co-front runner for MVP right now with Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable what they're doing. They've just stomped two likely playoff teams in a row in the Lions and the Seahawks, both of them 30-plus point victories. Anybody playing better uh, than Baltimore right now? I don't think so. No. Playing better right now? No. I mean, they, they look fantastic. That was obviously the game. That was the game on – on here in the morning because that's so cool the Niners have a bye right so we get all like there's no regional blackouts Mm -hmm. so we got we got Seattle Baltimore in the morning and then obviously Dallas Philly and then the night game but yeah no I mean Baltimore looks really really good Lamar Jackson looks as good as he's ever looked um yeah I mean I was only a little bit down on them than most people because I just never believe he can stay healthy but if he stays healthy and plays like this they could beat anybody and they um, didn't really ask much of him. The, they ran for two ninety eight. I mean, like whole. Yeah, this whole thing of like, you know, oh look at this different. I'm like, it's really not that different. Um, From the Greg Roman. Yeah, thing. it's it's yeah. maybe stylistically a little different, but he's still throwing a lot to Mark Andrews. I mean, Odell Beckham. I think he has first touchdown of the year or first like he's been. I yeah, mean, Lamar threw for one eighty seven in that game because it was mostly over at the half. But I mean. He's just there, them but all around. the thing I think was I think it's now like seventeen and one his record against the NFC. There's teams who don't see him. I know the Niners no. played him his rookie or not rookie but his MVP year in Baltimore. It was a Super Bowl year. Yeah. Um, Niners played him tough, but ended up losing on a, a game-winning uh, Justin Tucker kick. 
Um, yeah, that was the the year they went fourteen and two, and Lamar won the MVP, and the Niners went what thirteen and three and got the one seed. That was yeah. like the game of the year that year. I remember that one, and he he looks as good now as he did then. I don't think they're asking as much of him now as they did back then because he was you know fresh into his second season. Now he's a little bit older. He's got a big contract, so they're leaning more on their running backs. I mean, when you run for three hundred yards on any NFL team, much less the Seahawks, who are probably going to be a playoff <laughs> team in the NFC, holy shnikes. Uh, I guess the more thing, I guess the good thing, if you're a Niners fan like I am, yeah, Seattle not being able to stop the run directly, like, correlates with the Niners. Like, I mean, you play them twice. I thought, I mean, I thought Leonard Williams was a great pickup, and then they just ran for, like, 100,000 yards (laughs) against, you know, Baltimore did. I thought, because I thought Bobby Wagner, too. I'm like, okay, Leonard Williams, they had Bobby Wagner. I was like, they'll really fix up their run defense, and it's, it's not... It's going to take some time to get that right. But uh, They have Washington this week, so not a terribly tough opponent. But they, yeah, much they like that. the Niners, have that brutal schedule that starts in late November uh, or yeah. mid-November. Uh, they play, obviously, the Niners twice with Dallas in between that. Um, let's look at some other games in the 10 a.m. window. Houston at Cincy. A couple things I wanted to talk about here. Cincy minus 7 uh, against Houston. It feels like a lot of points going up against the uh unanimous rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud. I wanted to ask you. Puka had a run. I thought Puka Nakua. Poor Puka. Poor Puka Doncic. Yeah. I mean, he he, through five or six games, it was like, oh, no one could possibly take this from him. Uh, C.J. Stroud has taken it from him with his five-touchdown, 470-yard performance last week. Is he the best rookie quarterback you've seen since... I wrote down a few names, Luck, RG3, Cam, and Marino, statistically. I mean, who could who could have thought going into the season there'd be a guy with 15 touchdowns, one pick, all, you know, number one pass. My thing is, like, he only, like, my thing is, it's it feels like he has a lot more than 15 touchdowns. Um, he I looks mean, fantastic. A couple rushing. He looks fantastic. I mean, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, sometimes teams are just things in sports like you get rewarded. And I feel like the Texans, granted, you know, Deshaun had his thing, I guess, you know, the owner, whoever the Texans, you know, he's like basically this, he hates black people or whatever. Um, Deshaun was like, you know, this I'm never playing here. But it's like, Deshaun, um, seems like it's come out that you might have been had some questionable behavior. Um, <laughs> then just didn't play for an entire season and then only wanted to go. It's like, I kind of felt like the Texans... They're like, okay, we get D'Amico, we get C.J. Stroud. Like, you know, they toss a little bone here. Like, good for them. Because, yeah, I, I mean, they look great. I mean, they look they look better than – I mean, some of those Texans teams with Deshaun and J.J. Watt, you know, and were really good. But, I mean, I'd be so jacked if I was a Texans fan with, like, where we're going. Um they made the right coaching hire. They made the right quarterback pick uh, in the draft. I mean, and that that's, that feels like it's ninety percent of the job. Yes, job's done in that regard. Now it's just find pieces around him. And Tank Dell looks like one. Collins looks like one. Defense has got a long way to go. As we saw, they gave up thirty three to Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. But once D'Amico gets that defense turnaround, watch out. Uh, and then on the other side, Cincy. I mean. Everyone and their mother bet Cincinnati last week. I, I saw uh, a lot of the sports books said that like 80 to 90% of all the bets last week on Sunday Night Football were on Cincinnati. 
apparently all the professional bettors were betting Buffalo in huge numbers, which kept the line under three. I think it eventually closed at Cincinnati minus one. Anybody who's watched football this year knew that wasn't going to be a Buffalo game. Like, eye test says since he is back, Burrow is back. Easy win for them on Sunday night football. They looked amazing. I just can't believe, because I was pretty like, they're in trouble. Like, after the first three or four weeks, the Bengals, I was like, it's going to be really hard for them to make the playoffs. And it's like, uh, <laughs> nope. They're, like, going to the playoffs. They probably still, boy, I want to say win the division, but Baltimore, I mean, they absolutely could. What are they? Baltimore's five and three? got a game-and-a-half lead, yeah. Five and three versus seven and two is a challenge, but... Um, do they play him once more or twice? Once. They, what, they already play. Yeah, Baltimore already beat them. Cincy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so they're at least making the playoffs. And, boy, I wouldn't want to play them, you know. Well, if they're the five seed and you're the four seed in the in the AFC, say it's Jacksonville or whoever. Who would be like to – because, like, Jacksonville is going to, like, probably beat up on their own division. Well, say Baltimore's the – or say Kansas City's the one, Baltimore's the two – you would think at that point then maybe Jacksonville would be the three with how easy their schedule would it be. Would it be Miami? And then, no, because, oh, would it, it would be Miami at the four. And, oh, my God, they would not want to see the Bengals coming down. <laughs> they're, they're like, yay, we get to play like, you know, Buffalo or, or the Raiders or the Chargers or whoever. No, look out. It's going to be really important down the stretch for, for those teams vying for the, the – first second and third seed to avoid Cincinnati because they are a wagon right now yeah yeah no I the AFC is loaded I thought the NFC like you put them on like Niners Philly Detroit but like because I thought Seattle would be better like than they are like they're they're winning like I thought I thought Seattle Dallas I mean the Niners I mean I, I thought they would be better than our last three weeks like, but you put Seattle like right now, five seed technically right now against yeah the Bengals. I know, I know Seattle didn't Seattle beat them or the Bengals? Bengals did. Um, Bengals won that one, yeah. But like I feel like if they played on a neutral site right now, it's not close. If Burns yeah, the healthy. AFC. I mean, just because of the quarterback situation, it's so. And like Detroit, Detroit played Baltimore, got rolled. I mean. Philly hasn't really. Philly plays the Chiefs. Is that next week? Uh, two weeks from now on Monday Night Football, game, frickin' game of the year right there. That's Philly one. KC, that's going to be awesome, and we deserve that with how shitty the primetime. But games and are. also too, Niners played Baltimore or not? But they will play. Baltimore. they've played like Cleveland, who's good, not great, but good. Lost. Played Cincinnati. Lost. I mean, the AFC is just loaded. Absolutely loaded. One of those teams in the AFC that somehow has a great record is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're favored by three at home against Green Bay. Um, the only way that, that the Packers can be in this game is if Matt Canada keeps them in it. Like, the Packers suck. Like, I, when they played the Vikings, I just got a firsthand glimpse of, hey, this is the first time in damn near 30 years, my entire Viking fandom, fan fandom, where the, the Packers just flat out are terrible at football. Uh, last week they got a win because they played Brett Rippon, uh, who was subsequently cut this morning by uh, the Rams and replaced with Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, other than the win against the Brett Rippon-led Rams, they've been pathetic all year, Green Bay has. So 
when I saw this line was Pittsburgh minus three, I was like, probably got to take that, even though they struggle to score points. Jordan Love is not going into Pittsburgh against the TJ Watt defense, against Mike Tomlin coach team, and putting up more than 10, 13 points max. I mean, I think Pittsburgh lays the beat down here. Yeah. I, yeah. Every time I watch the Packers, they look dysfunctional. And, uh, and you're like, uh, what Matt LaFleur got all this, you know, smoke blown up his ass the last few years. It looks like it really was all Rodgers because people forget what did LaFleur do before Rodgers? He was the offensive coordinator for Tennessee in the Mariota years. Like, what has that guy co- accomplished without, you know, one of the I, best quarterbacks of all time? Yeah, I agree with that. I was because I was looking forward to seeing what he could do and I thought he would be better. But maybe, like, Jordan Love just sucks. So I'll give him that. That is also true. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, that's kind of like, I don't want to go the entire opposite way because I didn't want to be like, oh, it was all Rodgers and then, well, give him like a decent quarterback. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, they look awful. Absolutely terrible this year in every game that I've watched them. I remember when they played Atlanta. I didn't realize how bad Atlanta was until we played them last week. But uh, man, Green Bay is just a tire fire. Uh, Tennessee at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's favored by one. These are two teams basically going down the shitter. Their seasons are about to be over. Um, the uh, Titans have just made the pivot to Levis. Uh, official Tannehill is healthy, and he'll back up uh, Levis going forward. So they're looking towards the future. Tampa Bay probably had to win one of their last two games that were you know, coin flip games against uh, the Texans and, and Bills. They didn't get either of them. Uh, they're now you know two games behind um the Saints in the division, so it's looking like it's almost over for Tampa. Nothing really to talk about there. I want to talk about the best 1 p.m. game on the schedule. Detroit favored by two at the Chargers. Seems like a little bit of a trap game for Detroit. They're coming off the bye. They're six and two. They got all this, you know, positive momentum. They they're probably pissed off after after that game against uh, Baltimore going into the bye. Watch out here. I kinda like the Chargers in this situation with how they've been playing their last three games. Yeah, this is a tough one because uh, the Chargers again—they it's another game they have to have um, to uh, kind of stay in this thing. But yeah, I, I think Detroit is really good. I think you know every team coming off a bye is going to be obviously rested and and you know schematically ready to go. I I still think Detroit wins this game. I I think Detroit is. It's really good. I do. I really think you're higher than Detroit on the consensus because it seems like in the power ratings, uh, a lot of folks have them somewhere in the seven to ten range. You have them a little higher than that. Um, I have them, yeah, somewhere in my six, seven, eight range, depending on you know what what week you ask me. That Baltimore game opened a lot of eyes for for a lot of people. That hey, maybe Detroit on the road not as good as as they are at home. Not even close. I mean, they have struggled in a couple uh, road games this year, so it's like. This one, not necessarily that much of a road game against the Chargers who don't have a big home field advantage, but this will be probably the best one of the afternoon slate. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Chargers, obviously. Uh, <laughs> hopefully the Vikings can get within a half game of Detroit for the division. That'd be lovely. Uh, Washington at Seattle. Seattle's favored by six and a half. Uh, talked with Evan about Geno a lot last week. Uh, he said Geno's on the hot seat. He said uh, he's been their worst player the last few weeks, and if you've watched these games, it's pretty hard to disagree with that. Uh, Evan said, "Hey, Gino, might be time to write back." It's I saw your, back. I saw your, <laughs> <laughs> time to write back. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't want to rain on his uh, parade, but um, yeah, uh, it might be time to write back because uh, they should be better. I mean, they have so much talent uh, on on really both sides of the ball, and yeah, it's just it's not coming together right now. Um, you just I watched you know a good portion of that Seattle Baltimore game, and yeah, just I mean some of these passes are just <laughs> he like you know. Cocks back to throw it, and then it's just a straight like dirt ball, like <laughs> and, you know, like the receiver doesn't even try and bend down, down to get it. Um, yeah, I, I, the to thing is, point, is what do they look, do? Look, look, look at their offense. Okay, you have Lockett, Metcalf, JSN, uh, Walker, Charbonnet, and then on defense you have Reek Woolen, who's an All Pro, Witherspoon, who's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Hall of Famers and, and Bobby Wagner there just added Leonard Williams. There's enough there for them to go 11 and 6, 12 and 5, but Gino is the one thing holding them back right now. It's been whew, it's been a rough watch. I hate I absolutely hate watching it. I hate it. But <laughs> Tyler Lockett probably has like the smoothest like sideline toe tap <laughs> in the league. Yeah, you Devontae Adams is pretty good, but like his is his little like you know what is, what does that guy call it Nate Brosen what does he call it toe drag swag yeah oh yeah. Uh, yeah the OG of that was Chris Carter for the Vikings I used to practice that in the backyard all the time doing the the toe tap like Chris Carter and man Lockett's Tyler Lockett's toe tap looks like Trey Turner's slide <laughs> it's just like wow I mean, also dude. there's these have you seen these compilation videos of Tyler Lockett making catches and not getting contacted like he is the I world's saw that. best. I just saw that. It and getting down. I saw that, but like I saw it from the perspective. It's like this, not like I don't want to say like angry or like bitter Seahawk fan, but he was like upset. Like he doesn't like like try from where yards. Yeah, <laughs> because he assumes like he's just out here for himself. Like he was coming at it from the point of like he was in, he was in a contract year, and he's just not taking any hits like and I've noticed it too with the Niners like he'll catch it and then just like take a knee or something like I'm like it just he's already sliding as he's catching yeah like wow (laughs) I it it does look weird like you know especially because I have you know I mean I love the the Niners the opposite I'd be like you should probably go down by now before you fumble the ball um, and Debo's like, no, I can get one yeah, more yard. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to crack my shoulder. Like, yeah, you know, we need you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I saw it. Because I saw it in the playoff. They played three times. I actually saw it in the playoff game. I'm like, ah, okay. I mean, it's playoffs, but it's a little weird. But, yeah, I. Gino's got to get him the ball. I mean, I looked. I have Lockett on a couple fantasy teams, and he's just not getting it done right now just because Gino's not getting the ball out quick enough. He's does, not what, does that mean, what does he say? Like, what do they got? What do they, I mean, is, is Drew Locke the answer? I, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who would say Drew Locke is the answer to any question, but he can't be any worse than Gino's been the last three weeks. Like, this like team the trade deadline's passed. should be four and four – or. Uh, yeah, four and four, or even three and five. They got very lucky in the Cleveland game to to get that win last week. They got absolutely spanked. It's like, is Drew Lock better than Geno? Probably not, but maybe making that change would help. You know, I'd, clearly Metcalf and Lockett are frustrated as hell. Lockett doesn't show it. Metcalf shows it big time <laughs> with his personal fouls, his frustration. Uh, that guy plays in a in a different way than every other receiver in the NFL. 
Um, let's look at a couple more games. We have the biggest spread of 2023. I don't think this is going to get broken the rest of the year. We'll see if it does. Dallas minus 17 at home against the Giants. Tommy DeVito facing that fearsome pass rush uh, of the of the Cowboys. I mean, that's just an absolute nightmare. I would be shocked if if the Giants put up more than seven points in this game. They're they're going to get absolutely pummeled here. Uh, the Giants have probably have the inside track to the one seed now with Jones out for the year, Tyrod Taylor out for at least another four games. I mean, I don't see where they could get a win on the schedule with their destroyed offensive line and Tommy DeVito playing QB. They're terrible. They're terrible. They're awful. Um, 17 is a gigantic number. Still, I'm like... There's only one team you would bet on at 17. It's Dallas. It's like... There's no... If they made the line 24, I still wouldn't bet on the Giants. They're not going to score more than three or seven points. Yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. Giants are This is a perfect game for Dallas after that, you know nightmare end to the game last week against Philly. I they thought they played that. well. They should have won it. I mean, they were... I, I, give, I give Dak six. a lot of crap. I give Dak a lot of crap. Dak played really well. He played great. He he got them down to other the than that, Other than that, you know, he stepped out of bounds on the two-pointer a little early. But yeah, that would have kept him. Made, made a great play on that one that the dude caught and was down at like the two-inch line. Two... That was another one. I wanted to talk to you about this as I saw a lot of debate about this. So the rule is in that one, like obviously he catches it and he's short of the goal line by a couple inches when his knee hits the ground. But if he catches it, his knee hits the ground, like say it's in the end zone, but then as he falls, he drops it. They're like, oh, you didn't complete the play. So I'm like, you can't have both of those things. It's either. You know what's funny you say that? Because I have thought that similar thing, but not on that specific play. Um, but like the toe tap, mm-hmm. like, and I specifically saw Tyler Lockett do a toe tap. Like, you know how if you step out of bounds, like your whole foot, like if any part of your foot touches out of bounds, like you're out of bounds. Yeah. Like, like then why on a toe tap for a catch, can you put your pinky toe on the turf and everything else goes out of bounds because all you do is just, boom, spike it into the ground, right? Right. And then, like, when you actually put your foot down, it's out of bounds. That's you, another you, good point. It's like, like, there's these gray areas that, like, like, like... oh, he got two feet in. I'm like, no, he really didn't. <laughs> like, he got one foot down and then tapped his big toe and then put his foot out of bounds. I... And this this whole thing of completing the play, it's like when does he have possession? There was this one in the in the Vikings Atlanta game last week where the guy for Atlanta, uh, I can't remember the name, he was like their fourth receiver. He catches one right on the pylon. Clearly, both feet are out of bounds, but they're like, hey, the second that the ball touches his hands, both feet are in bounds. I'm like, it's the second it touches his hands, he still doesn't have possession. He has to close his grip and like bring it to his body. And, of course, they called it no touchdown after that. But I was like, there's all these gray areas. I thought that one for the Cowboys, that specific instance, it was like, well, if it's not a touchdown if he drops it in the end zone, and it's not a touchdown if he catches it but he's not in the end zone yet, like, how do you rule that? Like, I don't know. It's it's There's so many different situations like that that come up in the NFL on a weekly basis, and it's like there have to be more specific rules in the rule book with how good the cameras are now. 
Um, couple more games. Atlanta minus one at Arizona. This started at Atlanta minus three and a half. Kyler Murray is back. James Conner is back. Arizona possibly looking a little bit better than they did at the beginning of the season. Um, I My big takeaway from this game is Atlanta is unfathomably bad. After watching them last week, Vikings had a quarterback who barely knew the playbook, who was playing backyard football for three and a half quarters, and they beat Atlanta. They probably should have beat them by more. There was a couple crazy plays where Atlanta drove in the fourth quarter for that what they thought was a game-winning touchdown that were just you know, bad calls or, you know, ridiculous luck plays. And I was like, man, Atlanta is just so bad. How are they four and four coming into this one? So if I were to bet on anybody here, shit, it might be Arizona. I think Arizona might be like the best one in 18 or one in 17. I think they're pretty decent. I, especially getting Kyler back, James, James Conner was a big, a big, uh, uh, Big guy to get healthy, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, I Atlanta is a team going nowhere. I just I saw a lot. I, I I've seen a lot of Arthur Smith uh, kind of like uh, what are we doing slander? Here? Like yes, yeah, slander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a lot of the slander is coming from his dad is worth six billion dollars. They're like, why are you who's his dad? In the NFL. His dad is the founder of FedEx, and it's like. Why is you an NFL coach if you have billions of dollars? Like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I just love football. It's like, do you? I mean, you're not very good at your job. Like, he has Bijan Robinson. He's got a Ferrari in the garage. And he's like, I don't want to drive it. I'll drive my Tyler Algier Toyota Prius. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it just makes me think, like, was he in on the Bijan pick? I mean, they took him very high to do that and to... To not use him. Um, I mean, like, eighth overall for Bijan seemed like a little excessive at the time. But, I mean, if you're not going to end up using him much, very odd choice. And I clearly... Must, he I must mean, have had a headache. <laughs> yeah. What in the world is Arthur Smith doing? He's, I mean, I feel like he is on the hot seat all of a sudden. Uh, going into the season, they were like, hey, this team could win the division. They still can, but, I mean, what an awful performance last week. Heineke was fine. I just thought the play calling and the defense were a disaster. Um, here comes the slate of the worst Sunday and Monday night football games we've had in a long time. Sunday night, Jets at Raiders. Now, the Jets just cannot move the ball, period. This is now... I don't know, the 20th game of Zach Wilson's career. All of them, he just can't move the ball. We've established that. Only thing I want to talk about here is Antonio Pierce had the boys fired up, literally. They were all smoking cigars after that game, smoking that McDaniels pack. Freaking fantastic. Like, you have to feel good for the Raiders and their fans after getting rid of the ultimate team cancer in Josh McDaniels. Honestly, Raiders might have had the best week in franchise history since, like, they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I just, I thought it would be the right move, but, like, clearly everything that has come out out of the Raiders facility, what an absolute dumpster fire in a trash can they are. Uh, Josh McDaniels getting so peeved about Antonio Pierce, like, I guess, bringing up the Patriots' loss in 2007. Um... The team clearly hated Josh, but the whole thing too, and it's like they fire him, they fire the Patriots, you know, GM, they bench Jimmy. They're like, dude, we are so sick of the Patriots in this building, and like the, all the other players are like, yeah, woo, 
like we're like three and five or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And it's like our season started today. We're one and oh. Like that that is totally in the past. I I mean, I don't know if Antonio Pierce is gonna get the job eventually. I don't know how good of a coach he is. I mean, but the best thing you could say about him right now is he's not Josh McDaniels. And Absolutely. I mean, I thought I mean for a guy too that I I think Mark Davis had a great week. I just yeah I know he's gonna pay a billion dollars to two coaches who are not paying coaching the team, which is not good. But I mean, did you see Pierce had all of the practice squad players on the sideline in uniform? They weren't eligible to play, but he wanted them to be there. First time a coach has done that, you know, in like what to just feel part of the team. Yeah, he was just like, everybody here put in a hard week of work. They deserve to be out here. And, like, everybody's like, oh, shit, this guy is really just, like, the ultimate players. Well, so. I assumed they were out there. They just were they, like, just in general. Like, where are the Vikings practice squad players? I believe practice squad players do not attend the game unless they, you know, want to sit up in a booth or something. But this was the first time, I guess, in over a decade or maybe more than a, more than two decades, that an entire team's practice squad was like on the sideline in uniform. They weren't eligible to play. Like they had like helmet saying, and hey, pads on. Too? Yeah, no, no helmet and pads. But like he was like, "Hey, we are a team. We're all coming out here." And I was like, "I love it." You know, he was smoking. I'm, I'm, I mean, like I, I love it. I just, I thought maybe, maybe I was totally. Wrong. I thought, I thought practice squad players were like. On the team, like they just like game days, they just wear like you know, the Nike like jacket and like a hat or something. What I heard was that it's just not common that you would have your entire practice squad there. But he was like, "We are one unit." So I'm a big fan of of what he's doing. I I I would do that. Yeah, it's like Rich Bisacci all over again. They're like, man, this team could have one of those you know Cinderella runs in the second half where it's more out of spite than anything. Um, so watch out for the Raiders in the second half. I kind of like them plus one and a half on Sunday night. Definitely can't take the Jets there. I can't believe I bet on the Jets last week. What an idiot. Uh, Denver at Buffalo on Monday night football. Another just a stinker of a game. Uh, Buffalo favored by eight. Buffalo's in full-blown crisis. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, let's head over to Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week. Uh, we got a few great candidates this week. I had Mark Davis on the list just because he's now on the hook for $85 million worth of That is a cards. bummer. That is a lot uh, for, I believe it's still has to pay off Mayock, still has to pay off a little bit of Gruden, and then obviously has to pay off McDaniels and Ziegler. So, but hey, uh, the the Las Vegas Aces are, what are they, back-to-back champs, so he's probably raking in the dough for all, the, all that, right? He must be. Mm. Uh, don't want to look at the WNBA financials. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, just in general, like, he's got to be... Just think about oh, this... He, He'll make it up in people giving a shit now. Oh, did you see? There was a bunch of Raider fans wearing, uh, or they had either T-shirts or signs that said, like, thank you, Mark. They were just like, thanks for getting this asshole out of our team. But I put him on Jack in the Bum of the Week candidate because he was the guy that hired all those Patriots could, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, he could. I mean, That's total disaster there. That he has to pay $85 million bucks for other for guys to not coach his team. So uh, poor hiring led to that. Um, Geno Smith is on the list as well. Uh, he's just been bad for three weeks. He put the Seahawks behind the eight ball last week, basically from the get-go. Within the first quarter, he was already a turnover machine and just was not getting the ball out uh, on time to keep them competitive in that game. I thought he was awful. 
uh, Josh Allen, obviously, you know, clunker again on in primetime. Uh, his weekly what-in-the-world-are-you-doing interception happened again. Um, and then one more guy that I, I wanted to add to the list. Um, there is a coach out there. Let me give you his stats and see if you can guess what coach this is. Uh, 74 and 86 lifetime record in 10 seasons with two playoff appearances in those 10 seasons, which resulted in a 29 to nine loss and a 47 to 17 loss in the playoffs. So that's it, you know, 10 seasons, 74 and 86, and then two gigantic playoff losses. Who do you think that is? It's, I'll give you a hint. It is, it is, is it a Ron bit Rivera? of a trick question. It's not Ron Rivera. That's a very good guess. I, I posed this question to a couple of my uh, fantasy football buddies, and nobody could guess who it was. There were a lot. There was based uh, on your tone that you're asking me. It's like somebody like pretty like kind of. It's Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. See, that's I could have said <laughs> him, but like, oh, I was trying to think of people coaching only ten years, and this yeah. is way longer than that. Oh yeah. Isn't that isn't that wild? 74 and 86 and the only two times he made the playoffs he got fucking destroyed. You know like, what though? You know what? Knowing that that's him. I would I'm kind of shocked it's that good. <laughs> because it feels like he's 24 I can't and 98. He's only 12 under. I can't believe he's only 12 under. It feels like he's 24 and 98. That's what it feels like. It's pretty insane. I saw that stat and I was like, I, I got to talk about this on the pod. But um, we're talking about the Jack and the Bum of the week this year, not of the year. So who do you have for Jack and the Bum of the week? Yeah, great candidates. Um, again, you could put Belichick on here most weeks this year. A lot of times you could have put Mark Davis. Um, I'm not ready to go Geno Smith yet, um, but it's it's not trending well because I don't think he has bad days, this guy. Um but my jack at the bum of the week is Bryce Young because it looks bad. Bad, bad. And it's only looking worse when the guy pick right after you looks like the next Peyton Manning. I don't know. He Bryce Young throws two picks to the same guy, pick sixes. I think it's the first time some guy had the same, at least for the Colts. Uh, Frank Reich has already given up play calling duties. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are an abject disaster. Um, I, he, he, he looks, they were talking about him. I saw him. He looks, he's kind of got the Trey Lance thing where all of his special qualities about him. Oh, he's smart. Like pocket maneuverability. It's like, you know, like it he would, he'll be able to overcome his size. I don't think his, I don't think his, um, Poor play this year. Anything to do with the size? I think I it's. I think it. I think sometimes he gets there and he's like, "Holy shit!" Like these guys are fast. Like <laughs> the defensive line. I, I know they don't have the greatest you know team around them right now in Carolina, but you know the whole. He's not Kyler Murray. I mean. Oh, and we. Not, don't I mean, think no one even said he Kyler. was. Yeah, no one even <laughs> said he was. But it, to be that small, and. It's not a problem that you're small. The problem is that you either have to be Drew Brees, who can pinpoint passes and can you know uh, throw with anticipation better than maybe anyone ever because he's had to. So you draft him first overall. You're like, okay, man, we need you to be Drew Brees. That's a big ask. <laughs> uh, 
Or you need to be Kyler Murray, who's just got an outlier amount of athletic running ability, mm-hmm. um, quickness, and he also has a cannon. A cannon. Absolutely. For for an arm. <laughs> like, there are a lot of things you can say about Kyler, whether or not you want to be your franchise quarterback. There ain't a lot of them have to do with his actual play or his talent. I, I mean, Bryce Young, again, what does he do well? What did he do well to deserve the first overall pick? Other than win to a lot of games... Training and, DJ Moore and multiple picks yeah, to go up and select him. Like what? And a lot of guys had them had him as their number one, and I'm just, I mean, I think you had the same thing, but like I was big on Anthony Richardson, and I think I'm pretty right with that. You just got to stay healthy. Both wanted Richardson. I did. I'd be. I'd yeah. be. I want to say I'm right with that because I was uber wrong about CJ Stroud. I thought he'd be a bust. Partially, maybe honestly, if CJ Stroud did exactly what he did, like at Texas, I'd be like, oh, he'll be good. Maybe I just maybe it was just the Ohio State thing that every right. quarterback ever come out. I just I've seen this movie before, um, but I mean he looks big, he looks strong, he's accurate. I mean everything's like, oh, there it is. That's what it looks like. Um, Bryce Same Young with Levis. Have you watched Levis's deep balls? I mean, just I, I, I saw I saw a little bit of the Tennessee Pittsburgh Thursday night, and I'm like, I'd watch him. Like I don't know where this. I don't know if he's going to be the most accurate guy. I don't even know if he'll ever be a top 10 or 15 consistently. His deep balls look like a jetpack. I mean, <laughs> the, they Josh look... Josh Allen-esque. They, yeah. they look like they are at on par with Josh, if not better. I think Josh obviously is a little bit more... But I don't know. I mean, we can talk about him right now. He, his, But exactly, when you pick a guy first or roll, you have they have to have something that is just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And Will Levis, even though he fell big time, has an absolute hose of an arm. <laughs> and, you know, C.J. So Stroud, Stroud. Yep. big arm, maybe not, obviously not as big, but he's big. He played. The only thing, too, is like, I just thought he's not going to be, like the receivers for the Texans are worse than the ones he played with at Ohio State. So I was just like, is it the receivers? But, and Anthony Richardson, couldn't maybe maybe couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, but can and can run. I mean, just a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young does not have a cannon. He's not big. He does not run. His thing is his processing. Do you know who also has all those things? Brock Purdy, and he was <laughs> dead last in the draft. I mean, honestly, right now, what is the difference between Bryce Young and Brock Purdy? I mean, physically, from a draft perspective. Basically nothing. Uh, Purdy's more accurate. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can say that now, but I'm even saying like at all, Iowa State or Alabama. The only difference is, is that Nick Saban, I guess, decided that he wanted Bryce Young, and they won a lot of games together because he was on a great team. But switch the two, put Purdy on Alabama and put Bryce Young on Iowa State. They probably look the same, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Bryce Young was a little bit more athletic and could move in college a bit more. But again, do that. Do that against, like, I mean, they play the Colts. Okay, DeForest Buckner. Like, no one looks like him in the SEC over a couple people. I mean, play, you play, you're in the division, you play the Saints. Like, their defense. Like, I, you know, the, the, the SEC is a, basically minor league football, but the NFL is, like, the all-star team of the SEC from, like, the last decade. Mixed with the all-star team of, like, the Big Ten. But uh, as you said earlier, like it's so important to hit on the coach and the quarterback, and that's what the Texans did. When you watch Stroud play, 
it's not like he's facing an SEC all-star team. He is playing at the same level as all those guys around him. We have not seen that for even one game from Bryce Young through nine games in his career. Like, you watch him play, and it is the moment is too big for him. You can say, oh, his offensive line isn't good. He's throwing to 200-year-old Adam Thielen. It's like, okay, whatever it Adam Thielen's about, actually been pretty decent. Thielen's been awesome this year. He's like wide receiver four in fantasy because he just catches everything that's thrown his way. But make any excuse you want for Bryce Young. Watch the games. Like, watch the highlights. Watch him week in, week out. He's probably bottom three, maybe bottom four in the NFL in terms of starting quarterbacks. I mean, he's just been really, I mean, who would be worse? Well, I mean, anyone who's played for the Giants this year, I think the Giants have combined. You're right, yeah, probably. Just put put Giants QB, not even one I mean, Pickett has been really, really bad. Um, I mean, he has, but he's been better than Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, that's the point here is this is why he's jacking the bomb of the week. I think Frank Reich has been a candidate multiple times. Uh, I saw Pat McAfee talk about it because Frank Reich was the Colts guy and, you know, Pat's still, like, obviously tight with the Colts. Um, But he's just like, yeah, Frank Reich just had this look, like, on the sideline, (laughs) just this, like, what am I doing? Because he's still getting paid from the Colts. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's he's just thinking, oh, I could have just stayed at home and been with, like, you know, my kids or whatever. And Could have waited a year and taken yeah. a job somewhere else. He's That's like, just the oh crazy thing too is they made the trade and like I really wonder if they if they did that trade for Bryce Young or if they did what the Niners have at least said that they did. It's like we traded up for the opportunity and then evaluate. Mm-hmm. Like, did they really want Bryce Young or did they compromise? Not compromise. Yeah. I mean, really compromise because I mean that they could pick whoever they wanted. So they did want him, eventually. I mean, but did they, when they worse, made the trade, did they want him? Is it worse or better if Frank Reich didn't want Bryce Young or if he did want Bryce Young? Because either way, it's bad. If he didn't That's want him, really then question. it's like, oh my God, the GM is just, you know, he ruined this whole situation. If he did want him, then you're like... Are you, well, if you're talking from Frank Reich, it's better if he was didn't want him. For yeah, him personally. As a, as, a Panthers as, a, as a Panthers fan... <laughs> You'd rather it be that Reich wanted him, you know, because then you could be like, oh, okay, the GM just needs to no, fire Reich. No, <laughs> I'd rather have he didn't because... fire the GM? Yeah. I don't know. They're both bad. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> There's no recovering from it. It's five plus years of, of shittiness after this because... I mean, they're going to be another they... high pick. Like, do they... Take another swing? Is he a Josh Rosen? Well, they're not going to take a swing next year because they traded away that pick. Damn right they did. What a stupid... Oh, my (laughs) God. Yeah, no, they're screwed. They are screwed for multiple years. So the Panthers, but specifically Bryce Young, Joey's Jack. Didn't I make the Panthers bum of the week a few weeks ago? I mean, that's how bad it's been. I think it was Frank Reich. Maybe I did. Now it's Bryce. That's bad. God, God help the Panthers. Uh, you cursed them with your pick of them to win the division uh, in the offseason. I know. I think about that all the time. But what a joke. <laughs> Devastating. I mean, all Bryce, right, let's, they look terrible. They're terrible. Let's, Can't wait let's to watch to be, them Tuesday. I mean, Thursday. Oh, my God. They are, If you lose by two touchdowns to Tyson Bajan, uh maybe, maybe, you may have to just shut her down. Like, maybe Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. That's what I said. Maybe he <laughs> went there because he's like, I think I could maybe get some playing time. Yeah, maybe 
shut it down and have Andy Dalton go the rest of the year. Let, let's try to get a little more positive here. We're just shitting on everybody. Let's go to the You Like That Picks of the Week. We had another winning week last week. We went 3-2. and two. That brings us to 27-16-2 so far in 2023. Basically, at the end of the year, if we do five picks a week, 18 weeks, that's 90 games. We just were hoping to get to 46-47 to be in the positive. Uh, we are already flying. We're 27-16. We're 11 games over 500. We're doing freaking great on this podcast, and I think a lot of it has been I have a pick that I'm leaning towards, and you go, oh, my God. Like a few weeks ago, I wanted to take Green Bay, and you were like, dude, what are you talking about? We moved off of it, and we found a better pick. I feel like it's been awesome this year for a reason. Uh, last year we, or last week, we went 3-2. and two. We had Kansas City minus 2.5, uh, which got there. Houston minus 2.5. They won by 2. Their kicker was hurt. We could have been 4-1. and one. If their kicker was healthy, it just kicked an extra point uh, to win the game by three. But we will take that loss with a grain of salt. Uh, we then won with Philly, which we were lucky to get that one at Philly minus two and a half. Uh, and then Cincy we won with. That was an easy slam dunk for us. And then, like I mentioned before, the Jets, that was a terrible pick. Uh, but let's let's get this back on track. Three and two is good, but we can do better than that this week. Um, we'll go in chronological order. First game, uh, Indy minus one. Um, this is just a fate of the Patriots. You hate the Pats. I hate the Pats. We've spent basically this whole season shitting on Belichick. This is a Shane Steichen is better than Belichick at this point. Pick right. Shane like, Steichen is better than Belichick. Gardner Minshew is better than Mac Jones. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, DeForest Buckner. There's guys on that team that are just good at football, and there aren't on the other side. Yeah. Give me Indy minus one. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Feldstadt. On uh, on New England there in Germany, uh, I'm going to take the Vikings plus three as my second pick. I was surprised when this was three. I thought it would be one. You thought it would be one. Um, New Orleans is probably the better team on paper, but this whole Dobbs thing—it's feeling a lot like 2017 Case Keenum, where it's like, man, this team just loves him. They love each other. This is like one of those we are going to stick together and either not necessarily win this for Kirk, but win this for our guys, win this for our team. Outside chance Jefferson plays in this one. Give me the Vikings plus three. Uh, Baltimore minus five at home against Cleveland. Uh, I like Baltimore to roll here. I think Cleveland's been lucky in a few of these games that their offense has put up next to nothing and the defense has bailed them out. I don't think you can pull that off against Baltimore. I think Baltimore runs the hell out of the ball against them, and that's kind of the way you neutralize a Jim Schwartz defense is just run, run, run the ball. Uh, So give me Baltimore there. Here's one where I'm willing to move off if, if you want to move off of this one Pittsburgh minus three um they're at home against Green Bay three points is a lot for a Matt Canada offense are you cool with me going Pittsburgh minus oh, yeah. three against Green I Bay think, here? I think the Packers suck Packers suck <laughs> I that's the I'm, the whole pick here isn't that I think the Steelers are some juggernaut it's that we're fading the Packers they're packing it in no pun intended disaster there in Green Bay and then here's another one uh Jacksonville plus three and a half I thought this would be Pickham or maybe Jacksonville minus one. When I saw that the Niners were favored by three and a half, it opened at three. It got to three and a half earlier this morning. I said, as my fifth pick, I, I you know, I don't want to pick against your Niners, but I thought that's a lot of points for a team at home. Um, I lean towards the Niners to win the game, but are they going to win by more than three on the road against a good offense? Give me Jacksonville plus three and a half, if that's okay with you. What do you think? <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, I just take a win for the Niners. Like, I mean, are the Niners even going to win the game? So to give them three and a half, yeah. I mean, 
I was shocked that it was Niners minus three, three and a half, and and yeah, I, I no, I, I I mean betting wise, no, I don't have a problem with it. Do I have a problem with it if it actually like kind of happens? Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely do. Yeah, that would be very bad. Um, I mean, I guess right. I guess it could work out if the Niners would by three. The only other option that I would switch that to would be Dallas minus sixteen and a half or seventeen just because I don't think the Giants are going to score any points, but you probably don't make a lot of money long-term. Honestly, the one I would do, potentially, but I, I don't do it. I wouldn't do it enough for this, but Arizona plus one. Arizona plus one. You know what? Let's lock it in. We're going to switch to Arizona plus one. See, this is why we do it live on the pod. Give me, give me See, the but now this, I don't know. Maybe, like, did I just, yeah. No. no, I mean, see, here's the thing: is I liked looking at Jacksonville at that number, not because I thought they would win the game, but I thought the number was too big. I think Arizona could and probably should beat Atlanta. Atlanta was so bad last week. Like, I mean, at home, no at home against Atlanta, getting those two guys back. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. All right, there they are. You're, you like that picks of the week for Week Ten in the NFL? Coming off a three and two week, we think we can do better this week. We're 27, 16, and two. So far in 2023, here are our picks. Indy minus one in Germany against New England. The Vikings plus three at home against New Orleans. Baltimore minus five at home against the Browns. Pittsburgh minus three at home against Green Bay. And then Arizona with Kyler Murray back plus one at home against Atlanta. Joey, it's time for your Feels Great Baby, your wildest take you feel best about currently. And this is what we texted about on Sunday night. Uh, things are not looking so good up there in the home of the wing. Yeah, man. Uh, I feels great, baby. Take, and I don't even think this is that wild. Is I think Buffalo misses the playoffs. Whew. And if you did the playoffs right now, which we're not, so this doesn't matter, they would miss it. They'd be the eighth seed. Looking at this here. Yeah, Pittsburgh would make it over them. Yeah, um, which is wild because you do this like point differential, second best in the entire league. Plus 80. <laughs> Only behind Baltimore, who's plus 115. Damn. <laughs> the Niners are third at 78, and then even Kansas City's at 65. Yeah. No, they're, I mean, hot and cold is doesn't even describe it. it it's going to hurt them, too, because their conference record is 2-4. and four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they already have four losses in the conference. And then you go here, like, you look at their schedule, it's brutal. I mean, that's what happens in, in the AFC. They face a gauntlet like, of quarterbacks. Okay, they get Denver. I mean, they should win, but okay. I mean, they're going to beat them. And then they get the Jets, which again, they should beat them, but already lost to them. And then they go at Philly, at Kansas City, Dallas, at the Chargers. And then they get the Patriots, but Patriots already beat them. And then at Miami. <laughs> that's four games where they will not be favored. Uh, which is yeah. Know. So they're horrible. They're, they're I think they're one in four on the road. I believe with all of those losses being in conference, which is a disaster. And their road games game. remaining are or they're one in three on the road. There are, are Philly, Kansas City. I mean the Chargers, but again, Chargers are not. I mean, there'll be a lot of Buffalo fans, but still, and at Miami. So that's three where they will absolutely be the underdog, and then one where against the Chargers. I mean, who knows? That could be a pick 'em. Maybe Buffalo by one or two. Like they, and like not, are they are they beating I mean, Dallas? Like I don't know. Dallas could go into Buffalo and win. I, I 
I don't think Denver's going to beat them this week, but the no. Jets will play them tough. Yeah, absolutely. And they will lose to both Philly and Kansas City. I would be... I yeah, I'd be pretty shocked pretty... if they won either of those on the road. No way. So that puts them at 10-7, and 9-8, and eight, and that's probably not going to get it done in a good AFC, huh? Wait, here we go. One, I think they probably lose. Honestly, one, give, give two, them the next three, two. four, five. Okay, fine. Give the next two. It'd be seven and four. One, two. Yeah. I think there's a chance they lose four of their last five games. Absolutely. I mean, at Miami. Miami I mean, they're looking at like nine game. and eight. Yeah. That's what years and years of being, you know, picking at the end of the draft, you know, spending a ton of money, having a tough first place schedule. It's all worn down on them. And Allen just doesn't. They're just really not getting any better. Like, they look the same. You know? Like, Josh, I was kind of joking when I said it, but you were like, is Josh Allen good? I'm like, yes, but no. And I'm like, I'm kind of like laughing at that, but I feel like he's pretty accurate. Like, like he is good. There's no doubt. He's a top five. Like, is he a winning player? Is he a winning player? He has been to this point. Will he be now that he's a $50 million player? I don't think so. He turns the ball over too much. And that worked. That worked when he was getting paid nothing and he had superstars around him, but not anymore. By the way, have you seen Von Miller? Guy needs to retire. Like I saw him on the last... I haven't really noticed him, but I saw him on the last, like, that Joe Mixon, like, he, like, yeah. Von Miller had him dead in the backfield. And Joe Mixon goes, whoop-de-doop, and, yeah, Von Miller doesn't even touch him. Uh, he, clearly, he's hurt and not recovered from his injury, but it's like, you see that a lot with Buffalo guys. Like, this guy just clearly doesn't have it anymore. He's I love it when people say, him. like, <laughs> they get players who are, like, past their prime, and... And they'll, they'll say things like the, the Buffalo Bills are trying really hard to win the 2016 Super Bowl. <laughs> and I, I love those. Like Chase Young, I was like, that's cool. Are we trying to win the 2020 Super Bowl? Because that player that was, was the good. last time he was good. <laughs> um, it's 2023. Um, yeah. No, I. So I, you got Buffalo missing the playoffs. Ta- yeah, you said maybe I, nine and eight. Uh, you called this before the season. I didn't. I thought Buffalo would be right there in the final four. Um, but, man, it's been a disappointment. Allen's turned the ball over all over the place. McDermott is so conservative with his play calling, um, with the way he tells his offense to go out there and just run the ball into the line or do these Josh Allen plays that just don't suit his skill set. Um, it's just a disaster right now waiting to happen. They basically have to rattle off three or four straight wins or their their fans are going to be the right problem. The end. Honestly, Josh Josh Allen reminds me of a obviously much bigger and better Kyler Murray. Like he's mm-hmm. obviously very talented, and I don't, I don't want to. That, that's nothing to do with like the off field stuff. I mean, off field sounds like Josh Allen studies and like his teammates enjoy being around him. Um, but the point of, of you know people always say like oh so and so is a system quarterback. Well, that's a compliment. At least it should be. Because when if you run a system with Josh Allen, would he be able to like timing, rhythm, hit guys accurately? I think he can, but naturally he's more of like Brett Favre just, type. Yeah, like yeah. like let's play this PE football, yeah. like in the in the in the at recess, and 
That's hard to do consistently the entire season, especially against good teams. And what does he struggle with? Consistency and playing good teams. Conversely, guys like you know Mahomes is the best of both worlds. He runs Andy's scheme, and when it do- and when it does break down, there's nobody better. But Joe Burrow runs a scheme. He plants his foot in the ground, and he can deliver it accurately, consistently. Josh Allen really he plants his foot, you know, pats the ball, runs out, and it's like it looks fantastic when it works. <laughs> but just when it you're playing against a good team, Sunday football in Cincinnati, and the other guy is humming on on just schemes and and timing alone. It, it it's it's hard to replicate. I think that's a big thing with Kyler Murray. Like the receivers would run. Okay, we're taught like at the seven yard line. Put your right foot here. Cut this. Like it's so pinpoint. And Kyler's like, <laughs> screw it. Like I'm gonna just. And the receivers are like, why am I even running like <laughs> specific routes? Like we don't do anything on schedule. It's that it's that top one percent of the top one percent athleticism that allows them to do this. And as you get older, and as the team around you gets worse because you're so expensive to pay. That seems to be what happens, you know. It's like that improvisation, like Favre had a few years where it was like the Packers were not very good just because he was playing that style and they didn't have the horses to make it work. Um, so it's, yeah, I feel like Josh Allen is headed in that direction. The Bills probably aren't going to make a change, a significant change at least, um, but you have them missing the playoffs. I kind of like that call. Um, let's close the pod with a couple things. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the Sharks. I mean, this is let's uncharted territory. uh, My note was that they're going to make the 08 Lions look like the 72 Dolphins. Like, there's you. We texted this week that this could be the worst team in the history of the NHL. There is an outside chance this is the worst team in the history of the four major American sports. Like, yeah, 11 and one. Right now, I think they're oh yeah, oh ten and one. I think, but they play tonight, so let's make it oh eleven and one. (laughs) Like, I don't know how you really. Compare like I mean, what is 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 if the Sharks go like seven seventy five and or seven seventy three and one or something like is that better than a baseball team who goes like I don't know maybe they, you probably can by winning percentage. I was looking at the, it's at just the hard to do with got, like the points like you got like, like forty three and one nineteen or forty two and one twenty. Uh, you got the 0 and 16 Lions, which obviously you can't break that record, but again, their point differential was of a like 2 and 14 team or whatever. And then in hockey, yeah, the record is like 7 and 75 or something. It was the Capitals. And the- yeah, they no, they went 8, 67, and 5. I remember because I did I did a lot of research on this this week because I'm really like I think we have a shot. <laughs> like, uh, the, whatever the opposite of the President's Cup is, they got, they oh, got a real shot. Like. I don't want to say I'm getting excited, but like a part of me is like I'm already like let's. I mean, I want to see how bad this gets. I mean, because <laughs> they're like they're getting talked about. Like you know, if you if you follow you know hockey, you know talk or podcasts, anyone any one of our many fans, if you do, um, they're get, they're, they're honestly like that last thing in the podcast where people say so. Our daily sharks update is <laughs> they suck, and they're just talking about it and. It came out yesterday that the GM, Mike Greer, like, had a talking to the team. Like, oh, if you don't, like, start playing the way, like, I expect this team to play, like, there's going to be some changes. And I'm like, (laughs) I bet these players are lining up to be shipped out of here. Like, who who is that scaring? 
And who? Yeah, and, who are you going to replace them with? I and 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 what team wants any of these players? I they're yeah. so bad. They are so bad. I back to back losses. 10-1 and 10-2. I mean, it's like unfathomable. They can't score. I think they've scored. I think they've scored 12 goals in 11 games. Uh, and Austin Matthews has 12 goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I'm thinking in my head. Are, are the Sharks going to win as many? Who wins more games? The Sharks or the Niners? Oh, that's a good one. Say the Niners go 12 and 5. Even if you're conservative with the Niners and they go 11 and 6. There's no way the Sharks are getting to 11. Maybe they can get <laughs> a, a few games into overtime and go And like, the other one too I was thinking about. <laughs> I don't know like if you could do how you do odds and stuff on this. Do you think the Sharks ever at any point this season win back-to-back games? Oh, no way. There was there. I made a bet this year that I actually lost. Uh, it goes A's longest winning streak of the season, four and a half games, and I bet under. I was like, no chance. They went. They went on a fucking seven game winning streak. Uh, <laughs> You're like, you can't even lose right, you assholes. <laughs> going into the reverse boycott game, they won seven in a row. I was like, okay, there goes that. Like, there's no way that the Sharks went back. But I mean, back. that's that's still <laughs> that's still. What was your bet? They weren't going to win five in a row. Yeah. This is two. Like, <laughs> I bet you still get positive odds because they're like, it's the NHL. Something's going to happen. They're going to play Columbus and somehow rattle off a win. Like, and like them. Their, their goal differential is so much worse than the second worst team. <laughs> I mean, honestly. It's like, it's like being a fan of the 08 Lions or the 03 Tigers. Like, this is the not only the bottom of the barrel. This is the bottom of the barrel in all of sports. Like, it's that bad. So sad. With this franchise, I, I heard this thing too. These people were talking about it, and it's my thoughts like right now. What I've kind of been texting, I mostly text my dad about it, um, or you, and and it, it was brought up on this like Canadian hockey show thing in the morning. And this guy's like, you know, kind of my point you could do all this and not get the first pick. Like, this still, like, this rebuild, if it goes well, takes like three or four years, right? And it's already been four, exactly. <laughs> Which is my biggest like gripe with this whole thing is like this shit so should have started four years ago, yeah. but we're delusional in the uh, front office. Um, but the guy's point is kind of like my point. You know, you might do irreversible damage to your like franchise and brand as like. See that poor girl with the sign that's like, "It's my first ever Sharks game." And yeah, they brought it up. Nothing. They brought it up too on the thing. They're like, "Yeah, first and last." <laughs> and 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 it's just and I totally agree with it because the same exact reason why I said like I'm so I really am so genuinely anti-tanking is it I, like that's hard to get like you tank it just this awful just shitty just thing around your team like we're just a losing organization for just years losers yeah. yeah like and football you really like you really don't tank it's too it's it's just impossible. Like it, I sure as shit happens in like hockey and baseball and basketball, and it's like, it's like how long have have the, you know, you look at some teams like the Royals had their couple years like, you know, how long have they been tanking in the last seven or eight years? I think twenty sixteen they went five hundred and since then they've been tanking. Do you know like how long? I know the Pirates, but like how long have the Pirates been tanking? Like, 
and some teams in basketball, like just the, the Orlando the Magic. Yeah. <laughs> How long are you going to tank? Are you just going to be irrelevant forever? I feel like the Pistons have not played a competitive basketball game. I think the last game ben they Wallace. would. I was just about to say Ben Wallace. <laughs> I think I saw him in like the 04 finals or something guarding Shaq. It was the last time I remember they played a, playing a game. Like, I don't mean like win a championship, I mean, played a game that mattered. <laughs> and it That's does my point so with the Sharks. Damage. The Sharks haven't played a game that mattered in like four years. And it's I mean, going to be another two or three at least. At least. At least. And and I'm just like, people still talk like, oh, the tank, the shark tank, oh, what a tough place. I'm like, is, are we ever going to get that back? You know? Because you not only have to replace. 03 to 2019, basically nonstop. There's all these eras in the in the Bay Area. There's, you know, the Moneyball A's. There's the Giants that went to the World Series three times. There's the Harbaugh Niners. All these eras. Throughout all that time, the Sharks were a constant. They were good every single year. There's and so many like, of our youth that I'm like, boy, if any team's going to win it, it's going to be the Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like. That is just unthinkable. Yeah, there's no way. So the, like, the other point, too, is like, well, now you have competition, right? The Warriors are a powerhouse. The the Niners, especially just being a football team, like it's always going to be bigger. But the Niners are good, you know. The Giants, you know, people still baseball. The, the A's are going to, you know, the A's moving is unfortunate. But like I was thinking, even I'm still like, are they moving? Are they? We will find out in the next. Two but weeks. but like yeah, I mean, there's other things to do. There's like nice weather. People like like what? I mean, you have to get people interested. And in, and if you just suck, I mean, just suck. I mean, you know what I'd kill for right now? A playoff push. We don't have to make it. Can we play a yeah. game in March that matters? Be like four points back of the second wild card with four games to play or something. Just give us that. That yeah. ain't going to happen for years. Yeah, forget winning. Forget <laughs> winning the Stanley Cup. Let's be play a game. at 500 in March. Can, like that's, that's all can we be at 500 in October? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, poor Sharks fans. It's I mean, honestly, I look at their schedule. I'm like, the other day I was like, you know, they play Anaheim Sunday. Anaheim's been, again, another team just rebuilding feels like the last six or seven years. Anaheim's like seven and four or like six and like they won six games. Are we going to get there like all year? It's, it's one of those things like, too, there's no like, there's no like Alabama or something. But like if the Sharks played... The champion of the AHL, who would win? If they played their own Barracuda, it'd be close. I mean, it wouldn't it? I would think. <laughs> if the Sharks played the alumni, they oh would my lose. God, they'd get destroyed. They'd get destroyed. If you take Thornton and Marlowe and you know a few Jeff Friesen, who I don't give a shit. Who Jonathan Chichu when he's fat? Yeah, Setaguchi after he just ripped a couple more. Yeah, it's like put them all out there. There's I no mean, chance they like, could be. Even a couple years ago, this rebuild, I was like, boy, you know what? I I, I mean, why can't we just have Joe and, and, and Patty just play fourth line minutes and, like, you know, just. Now I'm like, the team has gotten worse. I'm like, uh, if they were on the team, like, I feel like they'd, they'd be, be the a second power line. play. Yeah. <laughs> like, They're 44, and you're like, no, they first line for sure. And, no like, line. and I'm like, is Nabokov still a goaltender? Like, is <laughs> is he. Can he still, still stop the puck? I don't know. What's Antti Niemi up to? Where's Where's Antero Nidimaki? Bring them all out of retirement. Get them back. Um, all right. One more thing before we close the pod. We did all these segments last year. We need to get back to them where we ranked our favorite stuff 
food related holiday related all that stuff i want to do one because uh, we're getting towards that fall time uh like best desserts i want to do that next week but we're going to start by doing our top five favorite beers we were talking last week about a beer that your mother-in-law brought you that you just like were like oh my god this is an incredible beer so let's let's do our top five beers what do you think we should do five to one or one to five Oh, I'm always a big fan of five to one. All right, so let's do five to one. I I have Peroni at my number five, the Italian beer, super light beer. I associate it with a big old plate of like chicken parm or spaghetti and meatballs. It's like the perfect light beer to go with like a heavy Italian meal. So I'm starting it off with a very light beer. I'm more of a a wheat beer, light beer guy. You like the the more IPA stuff. I'll start it off with Peroni. What do you got at your number five? See, this is hard. Honestly, this is hard to come up with five. Because I do love light beer. Love it. But, like, because, you know, I can't drink the beers I enjoy the most, like, while mowing the lawn. It's just <laughs> just too heavy. So, I love to just drink light beer. Um, is it, like, my favorite? No. I, I probably would go just number five, the, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay. Number five. That's a classic. It's really good. It's crisp. It is refreshing. It's refreshing and it's not like Michelob. Like, that's a little too, I think. Too refreshing, like, not flavorful enough. Yeah. I agree. I, I, yeah I, so that's like I, a camping beer, stadium beer. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many of them. Like, I know my number like one and two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's number right. five. So we'll go to four. Uh, for four, for me, I'm going to go. Um, Pyramid Hefeweizen, I like that one. It's very, you know, weedy. I love that one. It's it's super refreshing. I associate that with like the summer, so I'll go with the Pyramid Hef at number four. That's hilarious because like your favorite apparently is like I I absolutely can't stand. <laughs> it's like it's like the one like there's I haven't met many beers I don't like, but they all seem to have taste like a loaf of bread, <laughs> and I like I hate it so much. Um, my number four. Oh boy. Well, I hate it's to say tough. it, it's boring, but I'll go like I do love Sierra Nevada. Like I'll go their torpedo. Okay, so that's their standard IPA. Their, yeah. their yeah, torpedo IPA. That's a good one. That would probably have been six or seven for me. I love that beer. Uh number three, I'm gonna go with Golden Road Mango Cart. It is ubiquitous down here in LA. It's just, it's so refreshing. It's the ultimate, like, it's hot outside. I'm playing golf I'm at, you know, some place that's got the game on and it's it's hot. You're outside, you know, Golden Road Mango Cart, ultra refreshing. Usually at, like, when I've gone to a Dodger game down here, I'll get one of those 24-ounce tall boys of that and just, oh, so refreshing. That'll be number three, Golden Road Mango Cart. What's your number three? Um, you know, see, I don't, there's just, there's more that pop into my head because <laughs> there's just drinking all the, you know, like the craft stuff, like, yeah. Okay. I know where I'm going to go. I'll go, uh, Altamont's. It's not the one I had, the sad dad, which I thought was good. But, like, the whole idea of the beer, the sad dad name, and, like, why, and, like, how strong it was. Like, oh, you're tired, dad. You only have, like, the whole premise of it was phenomenal. But their their other triple, that it's, like, a seasonal one that I've had um, called Scarcity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had it, but, yeah, uh, that's probably my number three. Okay. I've only had it, the sad part. 
Oh, shit. No, I'm sorry. Cancel that. See, I'm just okay. about... No. Number three is is, is Russian Rivers playing the over. That's okay. what it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's number three. And I know my okay. number two. I know my top two. It's pretty Okay, so you're going Pliny the Elder. That is not the one that's only available for like one week a year. That's the standard uh, Russian Which I'd love game. to try that one, but I don't yeah, feel like waiting in ten hours of... Everybody loves Pliny. Uh, so that's your number three. That's a good one. Number two for me, I'm going with Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Um, which was your number five. I think it's like the most versatile. You can have that with any meal. You can have it out on the water, on the lake. You can have that, you know, at a game. You know, I associate that with any situation. You would love a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Super versatile beer. So that's my number two. What's your number two? This is crazy. But yeah, it's another Sierra Nevada. Um, it's their it's their triple. It's their Hoptimum. Hoptimum. Okay. Have you had it? I have had it. It's that's a strong one. That's like one of those very bitter IPAs. You See, love that though. I do. Like when I first started drinking beer, you know, years ago, like I would have dumped this so fast down the sink and just like been like this tastes like <laughs> ass. But like I don't know, my palate's changed, I guess. And uh yeah, my favorite beers are ones that taste like a pine cone that's been soaking in dew in Yosemite, <laughs> like that just had the most most rain ever like it tastes like sap and like a touch of dank and like yeah i just i want to eat a forest i want to drink a forest basically <laughs> i don't know why but like the the okay. classic west coast ipa which you know very different for people who aren't who don't drink as much as i do tastes very different than like the new england east coast style um mm-hmm. theirs is definitely which... more um fruity flavorful like tastes like Honestly, they're more likable by most people. Most people like that style. Speaking of East Coast, my number one, Allagash White, which is in uh, Portland, Maine. Uh, another one that I'm sure you would hate where it's just like the weediest wheat beer you can oh, ever imagine. If it is, I mean, I've heard of it, but I was like, I don't know what exactly. To, yeah, Allagash I, White is just, it goes perfectly with like seafood. I remember we were in Portland, Maine. Uh, our friends were getting married up there and it was like, I would have that and a lobster roll every day and just be like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. Great beer, goes great with seafood. I associate it with like the East Coast and getting a lobster roll and having a Allagash White with it. Oh, it's the best. And anytime I see it on any menu out here in LA, I have to get it. So that's my number one, Allagash White. What's your number one? I imagine it's a little bit stronger than that. Strong, It's strong, but it's not as strong as... The other, like, it's it's the Elysian Space Dust. I love it. It's okay. my, like, if I had to go to the store and buy, like, one beer, um, because it's big, but it's not, like, super big, um, it's 8.2 uh, ABV. Um, like, I think the Hoptimum is, like, uh, I wanted to, I, they change it. I think it's, like, 10.5. It might be closer to 11. Um, the scarcity one that I had mentioned... Um, was eleven? That one was, I think, eleven three, eleven four. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I I like to drink them. Like it sounds weird, but like I I don't I don't want to crush it. Like I do want to just kind of sip on it for a while. Like I enjoy literally bringing it to and just like so you do that <laughs> with like a lighter beer. You're like, oh my god, it's gone. Yeah, but you like, crush a Bud Light or a Tecate. You don't crush them. Like you crush these. Like you need therapy. <laughs> I 
Number one, because like I don't know how that's physically possible. My stomach would just have so many like bubbles. It'd be so heavy too. It just because some of these it feels like you, you ate a meal rather than drink a beer. Um, but yeah, Space Dust is my favorite. Um, there's a couple in Reno that I really like. That like one of them is kind of I see even out here sometimes like called Doctor Lublin. That's another mm-hmm. triple IPA. Um, which fun fact I saw Brody Brazil on uh, TV one time or maybe it was his YouTube he's like I'm a triple IPA guy and honestly it made me want to not be a triple IPA guy anymore because <laughs> I was like you know what's crazy is that I see like Kayla will show me all these TikToks and she knows the beer I like and she's like are you these people and they're like the people who like you know have gardens and like do bike rides all the like, the whole like classic IPA stereotype guy I'm like, I'm not really any of that. Big, long beard, wearing a yeah. plaid shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And she showed me, I told I told you about this last, she showed me this one, this like dude t- doing a beer tasting, and it says like, when, a, when an IPA drinker tastes the, like the triple wet fart, like, <laughs> like, you know. Saison something. Yeah, yeah. Tri- it was like triple wet fart, dog shit stout. Like, <laughs> like just the names do of IPAs. It's just a joke. Like, here's like, Oh, it's Voodoo a, Ranger, yeah. Yeah, Allagash. It's set like white. It's like it actually has like, like food or drink like words used in them. Like yours is the space. What, dust. what are you drinking? I'm drinking space dust. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I'm drinking um, a nice you know hint of hint of malt and you know bready wheat. Like you eat and drink wheat. Like that's a thing. <laughs> like I swear, like. Like I, you know, did last week. I was like the sad dad. Like this one just says like, like diesel sad gas. Dad when you only have time for yeah, one. Yeah, this says like dank diesel. Like what is that? Weed gas? Like is that actually what's in here? <laughs> Can I put this in my body safely? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, or yeah, just just any of those, you know. All right, I look. I like those rankings. As we've gotten older, we've we've got more appreciation for beer i feel like when we were younger it would be like whatever's available like you know we would drink those like bj's brews those were so awful uh i remember when i first moved out i would buy the trader joe's like joseph's brow beers those were just like horrendous and now that we're older we're like i actually appreciate that some of these are good and some of these are bad um thanks everybody for listening again this week uh we'll be back next week for a week 11 preview and to go over week 10 hopefully we're going over a niner win uh over the jags and a viking win over uh the saints um things have turned around here both our teams are right around the same five and three five and four we'll see uh what happens in the second half of the season after a wild first half uh thanks everybody for joining us on another week of the you like that feels great baby podcast we will see you next week